Hi, this is Maurice LaMarche, and uh, that name will mean nothing to you, nor the sound of my voice, unless I become the brain from TV's Pinky in the Brain, or Calculon, the star of all my circuits from Futurama. Oh, uh, he is a bottle, so from Futurama. Puny human, this is Morbo the Newscaster. On tonight's news, you're listening to Still Toking With on the Dorkening Podcast Network. I will destroy you. I can't hear you. There we go. There we go. There we go. You gotta unmute yourself. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Okay, so anyway, you pushed the wrong fucking button again. I I did. I did. I did. I didn't realize it's touch sensitive over here, and I yeah, I fucked up. Anyway, hey, happy Wednesday. My name is Leo. I'm the monkey behind the keyboard. Here we have an awesome show scheduled for you as always, and with us, Benjamin. How's it going, bud? You already put me up on the screen once. Why am I back again? Well, I didn't say your name this time. People forget oh. who you are. Well, if they forget who I am, then they need to move the <laughs> fuck along real quick. Actually, that way, out of here. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. So, no, dude, I'm super psyched about tonight's show. You know, over the years, we've had tons of amazing guests. And every once in a while, we get a really kick-ass guest with an amazing inspirational story. And that's what we have tonight, man. And I'm so super psyched to talk to this guy. And even more psyched to see him this summer. Um, but we'll talk to you all about that, you know, during the show. So, Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, Jeffrey. Hey, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Everybody's doing good. Yeah, everybody's doing good. Yeah, so, uh, you know, this guy is like a local celebrity, which excites me, although I'm easily excited. <laughs> you get that's excited a subject when the wind... for a different day. <laughs> you, you get excited I mean? when the wind blows. <laughs> uh, so let's just bring him in. Let's w- welcome Josh Pinio, a.k.a. The Bulldog. What's going on, guys? How you doing, my man? Yeah, I'm doing. Yeah? Hang, hanging in, trying to keep busy, and, you know, not enough hours in the day most days, but you all know how that goes. Well, right. from what I've been reading, you're psycho busy. Yeah, it's insane. You know, you're doing time. everything uh, <laughs> except, like, whittling wood and making uh, pottery. Damn near close, yeah. Right. <laughs> My hands wow. are always doing something, but definitely uh, not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's always tomorrow. Yeah. Gotta, always got to have a backup plan, so why not, right? Right. So what's he doing tomorrow? Whittling wood? Making pottery? Yeah, making, making pottery. pottery. Okay. So, well, <laughs> yeah, why not? Well, We're going to add that to his list of amazing fucking things, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> Well, I, I don't know what he's doing tomorrow, but I do know what he's going to be doing May 13th. Oh, Saturday. Yeah, so this Saturday, uh, you can find our awesome guest. You can find Josh at the uh, the Raven at 258 Pleasant Street in Wista, Massachusetts. So you're going to be there along with uh, Sean Connolly, Lou Ramos, Ian Matthew Sargent, and Letitia Hughes. Yep. And it uh, yep. looks like... Doors what, open at seven o'clock. What kind of fucking show is it, Leo? It's a comedy show. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. I mean, this this guest does all kinds <laughs> of shit. He's a stand-up comedian. He's a musician, a touring musician to boot, and you know, a kick-ass podcaster. Uh, he's been in films. Uh, let's see. What else does he do? Cracks jokes at you after meeting you for three seconds. I mean, <laughs> right? Hey, it's you know, it's it's the norm. You know, I, I get it. 
I'm just asking, just, just so our viewers and listeners understand that this Saturday it's comedy. So if you want a good laugh, get off your ass and go down there. Yep. So, Pure um, unadulterated chaos in the best way possible. Uh, right. I played many different shows at the Raven over the years, whether I was, you know, banging a guitar around or, you know, just sitting there shooting the shit and making people laugh. It's what I do best. So at least that's what I'm told anyway. <laughs> you know, so other people think you are funny. Allegedly. I mean, they keep having me back <laughs> one way or another. Yeah, okay. Right. That's important. I'm hoping to stop by. That's Facebook user. Yeah, probably I'm, I'm guessing that's probably Phil. Oh, yeah, maybe, maybe Phil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chances yeah, are. Anyway, I guess. You've got to, uh, if you want to comment, you do and just allow StreamYard, it'll pop your, your name up there. Um, or you can just type your name in the chat, too. Maybe, right, maybe he it. wants to be incognito. Maybe, maybe. So, Should I define that word for you? Is that too big a word? For yeah, maybe next week. $5 okay. word. <laughs> the five dollar word. <laughs> so, I know a little bit about you, and I'm sure the guys know a little bit about you. Um, but I don't think our viewers and our listeners know much about you unless they read the show notes, and most of them probably don't do that. Right. So, let's back up a little bit. You were born with a rare genetic condition, yeah. and I, I'm gonna butcher the fuck out of this osteogenesis imperfecta. Actually, you nailed it. Imagine that, Ben. Wow. Look at that. Maybe I should introduce the guests. First try, first time, <laughs> and he got it right. Uh, right? AKA, AKA, better known as brittle bone disease. Correct. Can you give us a little insight of what that is? I, I know what it sounds like, but. Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, the best the explanation that I give most people is it's. Very similar to osteoporosis, but from birth, straight off the bat. So, you know, when it comes to bone quality, I was given the shit stick right off, right out the womb. Uh, you know, so I, I bear very little weight on my legs. I use a wheelchair almost full time. Um, you know, I I don't use a walker or anything like that. You know, I can handle. A little, you know, beaten on here and there, but for the most part, blunt impact is a, a no-no. <laughs> um, you know, I, I got got the same bones as old part, you know, osteoporosis. And, you know, I don't want to fall down and bust my hip because it'll actually happen. <laughs> so, right. And I, uh, I was born with fourteen broken bones at birth. Oof. In utero, I had. Both arms and legs, seven ribs, and they broke my collarbone, taking me out the C-section. Wow! Wow! Okay. So I, I had a rough go from the start, and I, you know, I came into this world broken and battered and covered in blood, and I plan to go out the same way as so. <laughs> broken and battered and covered in blood. But that's be, that's on the stage. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Right, right. So, yeah, I was grumpy. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So you were pretty much fucked from birth. Yeah, it was. But, uh, it, it was a complicated situation. I mean, I didn't have any 
family history of any kind of genetic issue. Um, so I was basically, you know, referred to as a spontaneous mutation. Nothing on my mom's side, nothing on my father's side. And of course, you know, back in the mid 80s, unless you had any kind of family history, they didn't do a shit ton of ultrasounds. So essentially, like, my mom had a, a very, for what she thought, a healthy pregnancy, no complications, no warning signs to anything whatsoever. And they went in, her water broke just like anybody else's would, and, you know, did a full workup and couldn't find my head. And when they realized that I was breech, and got me up on the uh, x-ray machine. <laughs> they all just looked at each other and went, shit. Because I was essentially broken from head to toe. Oh. Hmm. And fortunately for my parents at the time, um, the number one expert in OI, uh, Dr. Jay Shapiro, was in residency at St. Vincent's in Worcester at that particular moment in time. So he was able to give my parents, you know, every possible inch of information that they had on the disorder at the time. And probably nobody else would have been a better expert to say, this is what you got to deal with. This is what you're expecting. Hang on to your ass. It's going to be a wild ride. Right. Wow. Now, now how did that affect your, um, uh, your childhood. I mean, I grew up in a small town uh, just outside of Worcester. And, you know, we're, we're pretty much a farming community and, you know, 8,000 people or less than the last I checked. Um, you know, and my family name was pretty prominent and still is within town. So, you know, my, my grandfather was the chief of police um in the eighties and, and later uh dropped down to sergeant and my father eventually would go from farming to police work and back to farming again in my my early to late teens. Um but he worked as a town constable and also at uh Assumption College for twenty years taking care of babysitting punk-ass college kids that are drinking too much and getting fucked up. No, oh, like my son. He just graduated right, right. from Assumption. <laughs> or as they like to call it back in the day, Consumption College. Consumption College, yes. That's the way it went. Right. So, uh, growing up for me, you know, I, I don't know. It's It's hard to really explain because, like, you know, I was very fortunate that the generation of kids that I grew up with knew me from preschool onward for the most part. So it wasn't like a whole lot of culture shock for them. Mm -hmm. You know, I eventually would go on to high school with, you know, five different towns within my region. Uh, I went to Wachusett for four years. And so that was a little different, but for the most part, the kids that grew up with me, they were like, oh, that's just Josh. Like, you know, he's, he's got his situation. But, you know, I never got really picked on or fucked with or made fun of. 
And, you know, at, at a very early age, I wasn't afraid to tell somebody, tell somebody to go fuck themselves if they're going to, you know, right. give me any kind of shit. Right, right. Uh, so you really weren't bullied as uh, as a kid then? No, I don't really different. remember too much of that. Um, the only instance I can recall was I, I ran for class president and back in like eighth grade or some shit like that and a couple of the jock kids were running their mouth on the playground about me running and you know I, I'm not even sure what exactly what was said but some of the roar, rough and tumble guys in school uh, basically threw hands in my honor and you know told them not to run their mouth anymore I didn't win, but that alone was worth it to the price of admissions for me. <laughs> right. But that that would kind of, you know, set me up to what the future would bring, you know, as far as my social my social circles are considered. Uh, you know, I I definitely appeal to the a little edgier crowd, so it's kind of where it ended up. Well, you know, doing stand up comedy and shredding on a guitar. You know, for over twenty years, I mean, you're you're an example of true inspiration, as far as I can tell. You know, you didn't let this disorder you were born with hamper you, as far as I can see, in any way. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, you took it as a challenge. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I spit in the face of. Anything that tries to get in my way, anyway. It's like, make my day. Let's go. I'm ready to go. And don't get me wrong. Like anybody, I have my days, and you know, there's definitely a certain amount of, uh, you know, pain control that comes over time with having injuries like I had over the years. You know, I've probably been in, if I had to make a comparison, you know, Three or four train wrecks, you know, my my body's been through the ringer as far as the frame goes, uh, you know, vitals and organs and shit like that, everything's fully functioning and, and normal size and ability, so it's, it's a little bit different on that end of thing, but then, you know, you run into complications there too when you're dealing with a three foot tall, hundred plus pound, you know, frame it gets a little complicated, but uh, yeah, it's like I'm fucking human. I don't know what to tell you. Like, right? You know, I, some people get blown away by by what I do, but I tell people all the time, you know, attitude is everything for one, and you got to make a conscious decision about how you're going to live your life. And you know, I went from being the kid in the wheelchair to being guitar player or that guy in the band or you know that comedian locally who also happens to be in a wheelchair i never put that first that was never my identity i never protested for any kind of you know fight the good fight for handicapped people it was and not that i don't support that because i do obviously but um you know i just live my life as best I can and and be a man's man and people don't like it, screw them. Right. Now, was it the um, uh, the brittle bone disease that um, affected your growth 
I don't understand yeah, how I mean, own, it's, you know, the brittle disease would do that. But Yeah, it's kind of complicated in the, in the fact that it affects some kind of part of that genetic aspect of it. Um, plus, you know, you, you fracture and break growth plates and things end up being a little bit different uh, than okay. most. It's not technically a dwarfism or a contemplation like that. Okay, uh, that's like what I, I was said, wondering, yeah. Yeah, I've got full-size organs and and that kind of thing, and uh, luckily for my wife, you know, where it counts, it's above average, so. <laughs> I was just going to say, he's hung like, like a horse. <laughs> You'll have to ask. Uh, That's a different kind of bro. About some of those funny stories I could tell over the years about that, but uh, you know, so it's it's not like most people assume, and you know, I, I do a bit about dating in in my stand up and the assumptions that would come along with that, and then you know, the, the broads that got curious got to reap the benefits, you know, and uh, what they were missing out on, and the rest of them. Oh, well, too bad. <laughs> but you don't really do stand up; you do sit down. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. People tell me to stand up for myself all the time, but that's why I pack a nine on my hips. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. You don't fuck around with me, man. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't name him the bulldog for nothing. Exactly. Short stature with an underbite with only a face a mother could love. <laughs> That's where I came up with it. So, but yeah, I mean, Shit. you know, I think a lot of my upbringing and my backbone—not literally, but uh, you know—I I was brought up in a very close-knit family, and you know. My dad's always been a very rough and tumble, blue collar guy, and you know he's five foot six, two forty thereabouts. He's a big dude, like not somebody you want to take on very easily, uh, you know. And as a cop and whatnot, you know he, he he didn't take any shit and didn't deal it out where it didn't deserve to be dealt out either. But um. And eventually, you know, he'd go on to give that up and, and go back to his roots. And now they run a, a vegetable farm on the property that I grew up on in Sterling. Uh, you can go to anyofamilyfarm.com for info on that. Get a little taste on my stomping grounds or uh, wherever I was doing donuts at the time, if you want to go that way. <laughs> did you Did you work on the farm yourself? Um, I did a lot of uh, the IT stuff, a lot of the computer shit and, you know, promotions, advertising, that kind of thing. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, we didn't have a ton of adaptive equipment. And honestly, it wasn't... Farming as a whole has never really been my thing, but I've always done... I've found my way of pulling my weight in the family and, and doing what I could do rather than focusing on what my limitations were. And, you know, my dad's never been really tech-savvy, and, and, you know, nor does he have the patience for that kind of shit. So, you know, I've, I've even after moving out of the home and, and that kind of thing, you know, I, I do what I can when I can to help out on that end. So any kind of, you know, 
web images or advertisements, that's that's still all me for the most part. Cool. Nice. Waiting for, Good way to contribute, actually. Yeah, waiting, yeah. waiting for Leo to geek out and ask him questions about so what program do you use? Because <laughs> I know it's coming. I can see it in his face. So go ahead, Leo. Uh, no, I, I was going to ask, uh, did you uh, uh, self-train or did you go to school for computers? I took a, a little bit of graphic arts in high school as an elective. And a lot of it was just natural talent and on the job training, like, you know, a lot of trial and error and, I've always had a pretty good eye for art in general. I drew a lot as a kid, and I'm starting to get back into it when I have the time. Um, more digital art now that, you know, we have the technology to do that. If I had that back then, who knows? I would have probably done that full time. Um, you know, trying to sketch and paint and all that kind of stuff. When you're physically limited, it can get kind of messy and chaotic, so it's nice to have that control under a, a digital platform. So I've, I've been able to tap into that a little bit more now that it's kind of adapted to me over the years or vice versa. So, yeah, so I, I kind of just winged it and had enough wherewithal to know what sucked and what didn't. <laughs> and uh, Best way to learn, you know? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, and then it's been kind of that way with everything in my career. You know, the one thing that I can instill on people is that when you have a natural talent with something or if something just comes second nature to you, the best thing you can do in life is focus on that. Pursue it. Yep. yep. You know, pursue that. Don't try to put a, a circle in the square or peg it around hole type of thing. You know, take what you're naturally gifted at and make it the best you can. And it's good advice right there. That yeah. doesn't matter whether or not you're in my situation or if you're a six foot tall athlete that has hidden talents that most people don't expect. Focus on what comes natural and the rest will take care of itself. I mean, you'll still be broke at 35 like I am, but <laughs> you know, at least you can be passionate about what you like. Right. Well, and that's what right. makes life happy. Right, right. You yeah. gotta make the best of what you're given and Anybody that doesn't do that, they're fucking sour pussies. <laughs> now, uh, do you use uh, the Adobe Suite or do you use another software? Um, I started out with real primitive stuff early on, but eventually I had a, a cracked copy of Photoshop, and eventually I would get good enough to justify paying the sixty-five bucks a year or whatever the fuck it is. Um, and then using Photoshop for the most part. I also use, uh, oh, what the hell is it called? It came with one of the tablets. I have a Clip Studio from Corel. I'm not sure if you're familiar. Oh, uh, Corel Draw? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they use a little lot in anime and comics and that kind of shit. So I, I kind of bounce back and forth depending on what I'm doing. But for the flyers and, and you know band logos and company logos and that kind of stuff i just stick to photoshop for the most part and i, I do that kind of work freelance so if anybody's ever interested in that kind of thing hit me up so and you can find out more about our amazing guest where leo in you the show started? notes up above or down no, below no 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 it's not my job 
he gets a kick uh, out of me saying it for some reason. Yeah, I check do, the show notes up above or does. down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to us. You can find out about the awesome Josh and uh, all your links there. I believe uh, your Facebook, your Instagram, uh, I think your website's there as well. Yeah, bootlegoncensored.com uh, is my podcast. Yeah. Um, usually I have one episode or more, um, depending on what I got going on during the week. But at least four episodes a month, if not more than that. Nice. And How long have, have you been doing that? Um, honestly, God, only about a year and a half. Okay. And it's taken off quite quickly, you know, being in the music business and just being an entertainer in general and networking. Um, you know, it, it's been pretty easy for me to tap into the connections that I do have and, and use those resources and bring the, the best content I possibly can people. And most of it's just stuff that I enjoy. And if people like it, great. If not, oh, well, I don't give a shit. Like, whatever. Fuck Exactly. At the end of the day, fucking. Right. At the end of the day, fuck you. Right. Words of wisdom. So I want to know why the guitar and when did you get interested in music? Well, let's see. Uh, I want to go back around 97, 98, thereabouts. I mean, I grew up in a pretty musical family My on my mom's side anyway. Um, my grandparents and my aunts and uncles, etc., on my mom's side were all in church band slash choir, what have you. Uh, my grandfather was self-taught as a guitar player. Uh, for a number of years. It's funny, when I came into the picture, he didn't really spend a whole lot of good time doing guitar. It was just kind of like an afterthought for him. Um, and ironically enough, my granddad on my dad's side, when he retired from the force in Sterling, uh, we had a retirement party for him, obviously. And a couple of friends of my mother's had a cover band and they all went to high school together and shit like that. So I just kind of gravitated towards, you know, I, I grew up on country music. Most people don't know that, um, you know, being a redneck on a farm, it's un- almost unavoidable to a certain extent to have <laughs> that kind of influence to start off. But as I got older, I, I got into the more rock and roll and, you know, I focused on what the chicks were into, and you know, I I, I saw Terminator Two one day, and I said, I want to look like that guy. <laughs> I want to look like that guy. Exactly. So I I, uh, I I got big into the hard rock, heavy metal, leather jackets, bikers, that kind of shit at a really young age. And so anyway, getting back to the retirement party, um, I just sat down and talked to a couple of guys that my mom knew in the band and I was like well hey you know I really love what you guys are doing and you sound really good and you know uh, I just wish they had guitars of my size now mind you at the time I was probably maybe two foot four or five tiny little thing well they make uh, ukuleles right and uh, but I was like I don't really want to go that route you know, I, everything I do in life, I don't half-ass it. So if I'm going to do guitar, I'm going to find a way. And lo and behold, two weeks after 
this event, I get a knock at my front door, and it's a couple of the band members and the uh, family that was local to town. Uh, must have been like five or six people. They walk in with a Epiphone half size Client V. Oh, nice. And uh, in Google, it, it, it was called a, a VWE. I don't know if Leo, you want to check that out? You probably could pull up a picture that was candy apple red, like almost fire engine, one pickup, you know, nothing too crazy. What was the name and, again? Uh, it was called an Epiphone VWE. Two, two E's on both words. So, you know, they, they were pretty limited run, and it was, it was basically a glorified toy, but it was set up well enough that I could start out to get in the ear for things, and eventually I would graduate to uh, a baby Taylor uh, acoustic. And from there, I took about six months of lessons and got down my basic chords and shit like that. So, yeah, it was exactly that, but bright red. Yep. Okay. Um, and now I play what they call a, a 7 8 scale, which is a full scale body or a full scale neck like anybody else would play, it, and then a three quarter size body. So it's standard guts and, and, and that kind of thing, but the body shrunk down a little bit. Um, I'm also endorsed by a company called Boylan Guitars out of uh, Harrisville, Rhode Island, right mm -hmm. next door to the infamous uh, Conjuring House, if you guys are familiar with horror movies. Obviously, you guys know your zombie shit. Um, <laughs> well, so I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Pat's, Pat's shop is l literally next door to the actual Conjuring House. So uh, check out BoylanGuitars.com. He does all I've heard of him actually, and uh, you know he'll, he'll he'll fix a piece of junk and turn it into a million bucks. You know, as far as a quality instrument and vice versa, so doesn't get any any better than that. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of how things got started, and you know, like I said, as as I got older, my influences got heavier. I got wicked into ACDC and Metallica, and eventually. Uh, Pantera would come into my life and I got big into Dimebag and kind of emulated um, I wouldn't say exactly his playing style but like his his attitude and his riffs and like I, I love the ML body shape so a lot of my a lot of my signature guitars um, are kind of based off of Dimes and I do have uh, a signature explorer that's more like a James Hadfield Metallica type of thing. Um, so, yeah, I kind of took heavy metal as a catalyst of dealing with a lot of the difficulties that I had socially growing up. And um, it gave me a common ground, to, uh, kind of a, a tribe to find my way and not just be the guy in the wheelchair. I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's the dude that goes to all the metal shows and he fucking kicks ass. And holy crap, you know, most people would show up to a local show, you know, like my boys in Scarecrow Hill, like before they even really knew me. We played a show together and they just expected me to be a, a fan in the crowd. And an hour later, you know, you see these two ATV ramps getting slammed up against the stage 
and I'm going full tilt like a monster truck on like a monster jam plowing right up up and on stage and they're throwing a guitar in my hand and I'm going nuts and the rest is history and I've been playing with those guys for the last 12 years off and on um, so much love to to Hill and the gang Ty especially yeah yeah um so, it's a small world man because yeah considering you know you got one of your tune their tunes as your opening song that's pretty uh appropriate yeah yeah you know and um they've they've become part of our family as well right, right. Over, over the over the years with you know ty <clears throat> ty letting us do um you know use some of the the music that they had wrote for our shows um ashley his wife actually you know, was one of our co-stars in the TV series when we started, and yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's a that's a small world, but yeah, it's crazy. You know, I it sucks because I live over probably about an hour and fifteen minutes away from all of them, and they're probably some of my most reliable, close knit friends. So ge- geographically, it kind of sucks, but you know, it's like anything. When I get a chance to get down to Plymouth, it's like I never left. Right. Right. So it, it's always nice to come home. It's yeah. a second home for me. So. And when I leave Plymouth, I never want to come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what they tell me, but I never understand it. You know, I left Plymouth years ago. I visit once in a while, but... Yeah. Yeah. I, I like being by the water and having a, a place that, you know, I can, quote-unquote, vacation at and still have people I know and mm-hmm. not break the bank when I want to do that, too. So that, that that's a helpful thing. Right. So, yeah, gu- guitar and, and heavy metal pretty much saved my life, man. I think the only other thing, you know, that might be a little bit more ev- uh, evident, I should say, on my podcast, um, I'd, I'd say heavy metal and professional wrestling, really. Uh, those were my two diehard from day one, you know. I guess that's kind of where I've kind of learned multi-facets to my entertainment career. You know, I saw these guys brutalizing their bodies and no matter what, coming back and kicking ass next week every time and getting back up. And they inspired me to be the kind of man that I am. And so any chance I get to say thank you or give back or spend time with anybody in that business, uh, it always means a lot. Because those were my superheroes back in the day. Right. I mean, I, I was definitely, you know, like Leo, I was I was a big Batman fan. You know, I, I idolized the whole idea of becoming a symbol and not being the result of a tragedy. And, you know, doing the whole double life. Like, you know, people knew me as Josh Pinio, but there's also a, a great amount of people that just know me as a bulldog. And... You know, so I've not that I've kept that separate, but one aspect definitely has a different place in life for me. Mm. You know, people that know me on a personal level and, you know, the homegrown crowd, um, it's a lot different because they, they know the foul mouth jokester that everybody else knows. And, you know, sometimes when I'm in a fully active band, and I'm playing in front of a new crowd, uh, they don't really know what the hell to expect right off the bat. And that's half the fun of it. Right. 
So, it's it's that that Bruce Wayne Batman dichotomy I've always kind of emulated a little bit. And I I saw one of your posts also where you um, you put Batman, and I think it was like never give up or something, or he never gives up. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the whole you know, fortunately, I I, yeah grew up with my family intact and my parents especially, but uh, that particular story in DC Comics always spoke to me because Bruce didn't have any superpowers. He was just as vulnerable as any other person physically and he got broke down quite a few times but at the end of the day it was about doing the right thing and fighting for people that didn't have anybody else to fight for them and I might be three foot three and you know, hundred bucks sucking wet but you know, I'll put my life on the line for people I love. I don't give a shit. Like, right. I can't yeah. fly to some bitch, but I'll drop you with a bullet if I have to. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I'll punch you in the nuts. Yeah, I'll bite run, you, run your ass <laughs> over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, so if if our viewers or our, our listeners, you know, over the next <clears throat> couple of months, want to see this amazing gentleman shred on the guitar then i'm going to suggest you get your tickets to the grumpy cup because he's going to be there and he's going to be tearing shit up literally i'll be well, making you la- laugh your ass off and uh, hopefully melting some faces if they got the time so i uh i do have your short pulled up uh is that something you'd like me to show um would you uh, uh you do you're shredding on a um uh boy yeah you play a clip yeah, yeah absolutely Cool. Yeah, let's check this shit out. It's um, I didn't load the video, but you'll you'll still be able to. You should be oh, able to hear. You are. Hold on, I got it pulled up here. Oh, okay. Yeah. L- let me know if you uh, you can hear it. <coughs> A demo for my signature model, my first one. Uh, nope. Just see my fat ass pointing. That's about it. <laughs> okay. Let me. Uh, hey, shit, Leo. Wrong button. Uh, it's not the wrong button. I just got to add that channel. Yeah, with the program, Leo. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> well, we thought Leo had it pulled up, folks, but, you know. Yeah. He does. Just continue to talk until I figure it out. Continue to uh, it out. Yeah, so I, I mean, laughed, actually, out loud when I was, uh, you know, kind of looking me up, trying to find some stuff that. Well, maybe most people don't know, but I, I, I actually laugh because Ben mentions this every once in a while. I came across you on MySpace page. Oh, wow. That's a throwback. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, son of a bitch has a MySpace. Back in the day. Yeah. I was hustling back then, man. Right. Right. Yeah. Human nice. War started out in uh, 2008, nine ish. That was my first professional band it took us about four years to get professional but you know <laughs> the way it goes um but yeah we started on myspace and well that's a trip right, right. Well, the only reason i, I think a lot of people it, started on myspace yeah yeah well we didn't start on myspace but when we came out we locked down the myspace so nobody else could right right, right. i haven't put a fucking thing on there I, well maybe i did i think maybe i put like one picture of us like <laughs> if you really want to know about us, go here. <laughs> Smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. I'm just curious wow. if Leo's got that shit figured out yet. 
Oh man. You, you well, muted yourself, I still can't weird. hear you. Yeah. <laughs> it's that touch sensitive new equipment that you have. I thought those glasses were supposed to mean you were smart, Leo. Come on. <laughs> well, it doesn't help Ben. Hey, hey, hey. Well, his are a little bit less noticeable. I mean, he's you know mine mine is just because I can't see more shit. <laughs> I can't see anything. I read yeah, there we go. So yeah, I mean, you know, as Leo fucks around with that, you've uh, you've done a little bit of acting as well. Yeah, through my connections in in the music business um, within New England, I uh, you know make friends like I do, and eventually uh, I got invited to um, star in an indie film called "How I Dumped My Ex Boyfriend's Body," put out by a company called Fatfoot Films. Just a group of guys that used to come to my shows, and we all had a, like a small handful of mutual friends, and you know they've they knew me long enough to know that I was at least by their estimation funny enough to put behind a, a camera. So they threw a script at me, and you know I'm I'm extremely and proudly politically incorrect at at all times. So, uh, you know, they, they knew that they didn't have to worry about offending me or anything. So we just went balls to the wall and, you know, went as close to the edge as you could possibly get with jokes you can get away with. And I got to play a hitman, which is, you know, always one of my mm -hmm. uh, the mafia has always been a neat little thing I've always been curious about back in the day. So I've, that was Tony the Fixer, right? Yeah. I, I played Tony the Fixer, the uh, non-Italian uh, mobster <laughs> hitman slash cleanup crew. Uh, so if you if you Google <coughs> films, or I believe the movie is still available streaming on uh, Reveal. So you can probably I'm sure. Yeah, it's probably well, still out there somewhere. Once yeah. it's out there, it's always out there. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, we weren't able to get it on Netflix. They wanted too much money, but uh, you know, I still support Fatfoot Films and all the other uh, projects they got going on. They're trying to expand and get a home base and home studio. So, props to them. And uh, I definitely I miss it. It's been shit five or six years now since I've actually been doing any acting. Um, you know. If, Tough part about doing auditions and stuff is I have kind of limited transportation. I mean, my my wife drives me when she can to certain things, but I'm I'm working on it, having more of a a full time uh, chauffeur when I can afford it. Uh, like I said, I yeah, uh, you know, I'm still on social security and shit like that. I'm still, you know, I, I don't make a whole lot of money with this podcast shit or anything. But I do it because it's the right thing to do, and it's, it's something I care about. And you know, it, it's tough living on a fixed income, so I rely mostly on donations from viewers like you. Not to copy PBS, but you know, uh, <laughs> I appreciate anybody that gives a shit enough to uh, help support what I'm doing in any way. Um, and if you can't do it financially, just word of mouth, spread the word, spread the pages, do what you can. I, Share, share, share. Exactly. That's the name of the game, and it only takes a second. So, 
Right? Don't be lazy. <laughs> yeah, there's no excuse. No. No excuse. Now, is the, is the reason you can't drive because of your stature? Um, it's kind of a combination of things. I mean, if I... If if I had an unlimited resource financially, um, you know, I, I could potentially go out and get my license and get a hand controls put in to my vehicle and, and that kind okay. of thing. Cause I, I, I own my van outright, um, which took me a while to pay off, but who doesn't know that bullshit? Right. Um, so, I mean, it was kind of, it was something that I, Went back and forth on for a long time. I thought about going, you know, balls to the wall and just going for it completely. And financially, there wasn't a whole lot of options. You know, they have programs like Easter Seals and, and things like that. But like I said, like I, I never had that help me. What was me? Like, I'm, I'm the handicapped dude. Like, I, I was never about that. So I tried to, if I was going to get help, I was going to do it on my terms. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether that meant going out and working for it or, mm-hmm. you know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours kind of thing. Um, and it's not that I was too proud to take charity because I'm not, but I don't consider myself to be an activist. Or anything like that. Like mm-hmm. the fact that I'm disabled for me is even below secondary. I don't carry myself as that being the the obvious thing. I mean, to to the public, that's what they see first. But as far as like when I get to know somebody, I'm like, well, what are you looking at? I'm just I'm just the same as you. And, uh, yeah, you get that. You've got that at that uh, tough guy, arrogant edge to you. That I can tell. Yeah, I mean, I, but only. I, I think I keep it to a healthy level. Like I'm not. You know. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, absolutely. You know. But yeah, when, you, when you're I, doing, when you're doing comedy, right? Um, yeah. Do you, do you kind of hold back a little bit, or do you not give a shit about hurting somebody's feelings for a job? Oh, I don't give a shit. Good. Not Thank once. you. Not once, and I think that's that's a big problem with comedy now. It is. Yep. Um, you know, I won't go political or anything like that, but society as a whole, um, everybody just needs to lighten the fuck up. In general, right. their life is too short. I'm too short. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's there's so much more important shit to be worrying about. In this country and the planet, and everybody just needs to lighten the hell up. You know, well, yeah. I mean, I'll tell you beings, about, you know. we all have different upbringings, and we've all struggled in one way or another. And that doesn't make anybody's struggles more important than another. You know, right. people out there preach equality and equity and and shit like that, but. To me, what I've observed, being a minority in my own right, um, being disabled, you know, we've all got our shit. And either you own that and make the best of it, or you play that, wave the fucking flag and, you know, take every hand out and don't earn a damn thing 
and act like you're owed something. I know I'm not owed a damn thing in this life. Everything that I've gotten, everything that I own that has been of any substance, I work for that shit one way or another. Whether There's a word for that, you know. Right. Called pride. Exactly. Yep. And not the pride level of being overconfident or anything like that, which a lot of people get the wrong idea with. Yep. Uh, like, okay, well, I'm going to be prideful and, and full of myself. It's not about that. It's self-respect. And, you know, I think getting to my get back to my point about equality, I think people often misuse that term. And if we really want to be equal and we want to care about each other as human beings, we have to lift each other up. Yep. It can't be about who's had it worse or who's had it better. It doesn't matter. If we're going to make this world a better place, we've got to collectively decide to do that together. And I think Agreed. a lot of a lot of people don't get that. Nope. They and don't. It's all the haves and the have-nots. The only way we can level the playing field is if we get our thumbs out of our asses and stop expecting things to be handed over. True. Yep. Make the best of what you got. <laughs> don't try to hold people down. And if you're trying to make your own way, make your own way. Don't get in other people's way. You know, my dad taught me a very valuable lesson when I was a little, little kid because, uh, you know, and it stuck with me and everybody needs to do this. You don't know what somebody else is dealing with on their, on a personal level. Right. So just be fucking nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? And as a little kid, that was proven to me. Right. You know, in a very difficult way for me to learn, but it stuck with me all these years. So, yeah. you know, no, definitely. I, you know, just a life lesson right there, you know. For sure. And. You know, getting back to comedy, like, I grew up on guys like Carlin and Richard Pryor and, you know, Eddie Murphy. Robin Williams is probably my biggest influence, aside from uh, George Carlin. But, yep. you know, those guys didn't give a shit. No. Because they were all friends with all different kinds of people. And yep. they got away with things because they genuinely went through the same struggles. And they didn't try to compete with who's struggling more or less or any of that shit. They were all just comics. Right. And, and if, think, if, they, if you can't be made fun of, right. then you got to lighten the fuck up. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'll make jokes about myself all the time. And the fact that I'm, you know, fun size or, or you know, candy capable or some stupid shit like that. I, right. I did a bit during the holidays that, you know, I just got back and I got laid off for the rest of the winter. I'm done, you know, dealing with Santa's bullshit. <laughs> you know, working, well, you working know, like at your North Pole just really old fast. You know, you know shit like, I mean, like that. Like your family's farm. I was going to give you shit. I was going to be like, oh, well, you must be the cow milker because it must be easy for you. you yeah, I'm low to the ground and hope I don't get stepped on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Now, see, I was going to go the reverse route and be like, okay, so when dad was with the track, did you just take a lasso and be like, to the ass end and like, yeah? Well, believe it or not, um, I mean, we didn't have a whole lot of livestock growing up, but my last, um, well, I shouldn't say my last, but my, right before I got involved with my wife and moved out 
and you know did did the big boy thing. My twenty eighth birthday, my father bought me a Scottish Highland bull. Nice. It was an overgrown pet, and eventually, you know, the plan was to uh, raise them up and, and uh, breed. We wanted to do a small beef herd because economically that, that was the smart thing to do at the time. And things just didn't pan out. And my, I had other plans later on. And eventually he was rehomed to go fuck every cow in sight and, you know, do what I would have wanted him to anyway. <laughs> you know? Right. So he, he's living his best life somewhere out in Belchertown. So, nice. uh, but yeah, I mean, Shit like that, you don't you don't hear about people in my situation or even my age group bothering with that kind of thing. But you know, that's that's just the kind of guy I am. Like, if it's badass, I want a piece of it. Cool. Simple as that. That's cool shit. I do have the video, and uh, oh. this sh- should work. Let's uh, let's give it a try. Let's see. Let's see if Leo. What's up, guys? Bulldog coming at you. Uh, showing off the. Boiling Guitars Bulldog Prototype Number One. Uh, we got custom collar pickups, locking tuners up top. This real diamond blade doesn't get much more metal than that. So uh, I figured I'd give it a little rip and show it. So that's just me half-assing it. But still half-assing it. Yeah. I was going to say, still half-assing it. It's like a heavy metal Muppet. (laughs) Right, right, right. Exactly. (laughs) It's time to play the music. It's time to fuck your wife. I mean, what? Did I say that? I don't know why I've got such a pouted potty mouth tonight, man. (laughs) We know what's on your mind. (laughs) Right? right? You need to get some wife if you're listening. Take care of this man. In two in, in two and a half minutes, because then we'll let him go. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I need an hour or so. So we wait till we're done here. <laughs> wow. Oh, shit. Great, though, man. Fucking. Well, yeah, wow. I mean, we, uh, as far as my music goes, I mean, I've done a bunch of different recording projects. Uh, Fuel of War, unfortunately, once we started to make some headway uh, playing wise things kind of fell apart so we weren't able to do more than uh, we did two records I'm in the process of getting them archived on uh, Spotify and that kind of shit nice but my most recent project Staten and Steel is on Spotify Leo I don't know if you want to pull that up Um, that's probably my most recent recordings I also have a death metal project me and my brother adam sloan um called dead man's trigger um and that entire record i recorded produced mixed and mastered all myself um you know and that was before i had pro tools and all that kind of shit and it actually came out halfway decent so anybody that's into that kind of thing uh 
want to Henry playing more fast stuff like that. Um, there's a little bit of every kind of metal you can think of on that record. Nice. Uh, called uh, Symptoms of Creation is the uh, EP. But Satin said- Steel is a project that I've got with my friend Alicia Marinelli. Um, she's in another band called Fathom Farewell and also uh, a couple other projects. Uh, Shred of Salvation was the, the first band I saw her do. But uh, we've kind of got a bit of a Evanescence slash Hailstorm with a little bit more balls oh, nice. to it. Nice. Um, so we're, we're a recording project right now. We're going to start trying out actual members um, sometime this summer. So if you're a musician out there and you, you know, in the New England area with your own transportation, because I ain't cutting my ass anywhere, but I don't have to. Um, you know, keep your eyes open, and we'll be posting uh, job applications soon. And you can find out about those job applications by looking at the links in the show notes up above or down below, depending on where you're exactly. watching or listening to us. And see how I did that for you, Leo? I just kind of slid right in there. Much appreciated. Much appreciated. <laughs> took that for you. Took that for you. But, yeah, I mean, you said just the shit's up on Spotify. Um, yeah, Seven Steel's on Spotify. Dead Man's Trigger is... Um, my original band, Fuel of War, unfortunately is not, but we do have a lot of live performances. If you go on YouTube, uh, it's youtube.com slash Fuel of War Band, all one word. I'll definitely check that out. Uh, but the ones on Spotify, I can actually download and get up running on our radio station. No, by all means, I'd love that. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, the three of us here and a few others started a uh, streaming radio station back in January called Dead Dork Radio. <laughs> nice. So, and we love we love, as we call it, indie musicians, right? You know, um, and I and I'll do that. I'll, a lot of people that we know in the music industry, like Scarecrow Hill, yeah. um, Supercharger, Stranglehold, my cousin's band, I will be done. Um, I grab all that shit and I get it up on the radio station just because I can. Eventually, you know, I uh, I run all of my ventures uh, through my uh, promotions company called Speedium Promotions. uh, We're on Facebook, and I don't have a regular website yet, but it's in the works. Um, So yeah, that kind of is the umbrella over everything I do. Yeah. Um, But I book indie bands, uh, comedy shows. I've booked country acts all over the place um but mostly I, I stick to the hard rock and heavy metal scene that's what i know it's what i love right what i'm good at so um anything in new england uh i haven't booked a show since before the pandemic but i plan to get back doing that this coming year um and in fall of 2023 as well so Cool. But you'll be playing at the Grumpy Cup in July, right? Yes, I'll be playing live and doing stand-up at the Grumpy Cup out in Greenfield, Mass. on July 8th, and I believe 9th as well. Uh, we're still yeah, kind of ninth, yep. working out um, the logistics of who's performing when and that kind of thing. But uh, right. looking forward to that. Well, you know what? Fuck it. If, if you're not performing and you want to perform, come hang out with us. Absolutely. We're, we're going to be set up there. Just come hang out with us, and you can hackle everybody that comes to the booth. Well, I'll be doing that anyway, so it's in the works. 
you know? You know, we'll put, we'll, we'll, we'll put you down next to the table and you can just come out and grab them. Yeah, you know, <laughs> put me on the edge of the table and one of you can sit behind me and make a mannequin out of me or something. <laughs> Good night, dummy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ventriloquist, have that. Right? So, yeah, folks. Wow, you're you know, really good at this. Definitely. Get your tickets to the Grumpy <laughs> Cup in July. Come out, see us, see Josh, see all the amazing people that are going to be there. Uh, it's going to be a kick-ass event. Um, I'm super psyched to hang out with Josh there. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's why I'm going. Hell, yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> first, look at, look at, uh, look at Jeff. What? That's goes, why you're what? going? Why the hell would what? I do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't know that. I didn't tell you that. Oh, no, it's going to be one of those shows where you just leave me at the table. Where's Ben? Oh, I don't know. He left a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> He's over there with the bulldog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah. And I'm throwing all the single broads your way because I can't do uh, that anymore. I'm I, don't, I can't do that anymore. I'm retired <laughs> from that scene, too. Yeah, <laughs> don't throw them my way unless I just want a photo taken. Well, money's <laughs> money, bro. Go for it. <laughs> True that. <laughs> but I'm yeah, we got permission slip. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. We got we got just a couple minutes left with Josh. So if anybody's got any questions, uh, I, I saw a shitload of comments in the chat. But if anybody's got any questions, now's the time to get them in because otherwise. You snooze, you lose. But like I said, get off your ass in July. Come out to the Grumpy Cup. Meet Josh in person. Meet us. Uh, hang out. Have some fun. Right. And, and if you uh, can't do that, get out to Worcester on Saturday. That's right. I, I was going there, but get out to Worcester on Saturday for the stand-up comedy. And Leo, where is that going to be again? Ah, uh, damn it. I think it's <laughs> I could do a job for him at this point. What the fuck, Leo? <laughs> <laughs> May 13th, Raven and Worcester Bulldog and Friends comedy show sponsored by Bulldog Uncensored and Speed Demon Promotions. Check out the Raven. The hole in the wall, but we love it. There you go. I See, I knew Leo closed it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. No, I no, no, actually, I was on the first page of his website. I uh, pushed off events. But yeah, uh, so the Raven, 258 Pleasant Street in Worcester, Mass. It's going to be a $10 cover. Doors open at 7 p.m. And uh, along with Josh, you can see Sean Connolly, Lou Ramos, Ian Matthew Sargent, uh, Latasha Hughes. It would be the five of us. We're all uh, New England-based comics. And uh, Worcester, Massachusetts scene has been growing rapidly in the last four or five years. So when I saw that, I finally decided, okay, I'm going to give this a whirl. And just jumped in, and I couldn't have a, a better group of colleagues there is a ton of talent in this small area and you know we're, we're all getting out there when i my first two years i already had two gigs at mohegan sun at uh the uh rocks oh, what the hell is it yeah so they, they do a showcase uh comedy down there at one of the, the nightclubs in the casino oh yeah, yeah. yep yeah, um, I, I know yeah. which one you're talking about. I can't yeah, remember the so, name of it. Yeah, they, they, that's what it was. That's it, Comic Roadhouse. Right. Yeah, oh, I mean, changed, I, was, I read they a change of name so many times. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, I read a little while ago that uh, you know, uh, comedy, mainstream comedy, is basically a dead thing now. 
because everybody's yeah, going underground because there's too many pussies out there that don't move right. They don't the shit. So, do what needs to you be know, done. where's the jokes? They're going underground to those that right. can handle it. You yeah. Know? Right. And also, I think entertainment in a lot of ways has become way too fucking expensive. Yes. You know, especially to see a top act. You know, you're shelling out. I think I watched a video the other day of an old archive of Ralphie Main saying he was still selling tickets for like twelve hundred bucks. Like in, in this economy, nobody can afford that, right? So it's benefiting us little guys, no pun intended. Uh, you know, to have it come back around and and come back to the roots. Very cool. So we are yeah. almost out of time. So I'm gonna go and say. Last questions, Jeffrey. No, I'm good. I know Leo's got his. I was going to yeah. jump on it instead, but I let, no, I let you can Leo jump on it. That. No, Go for nope, it. Nope. I, no, I like the way you put it. I like okay. the way you put it. Where I, the, where yeah, I put it or why I put it? it well, okay, however you, know. you want to look at it, but <laughs> it's that's you one you personal issues. <laughs> uh, so, Josh, something we ask everybody is, uh, you know, besides your your music, your comedy. Um and your your graphic design. What's something you dork out about? Like you know, is uh you mentioned you're a Batman fan. Is you know, like we've had some guests that like are really digging like history of like sunken vessels or you know, what what's something you dork out about? Um, I'm a big uh history buff. I love like World War Two, uh, World War One kind of shit. Any. Any conflict that the U.S. has dealt with over the years, um, I, you know, I'm a huge video game nerd. Both, both my wife and I play games constantly, and the video game type. We're not going to get into that. Um, <laughs> well, you play. You're playing with your wife, so that's a that's a tip right there. It's no better than most guys are going to say. Uh, <laughs> well, what are you playing now? Right now, uh, shit. She just started playing. Dead Island 2, I'm working on uh, Jedi Survivor. Oh, nice. And I'm big into shooters. Like, I, I grew up around guns. I have my license to carry. And so I'm, I'm a big uh, supporter of 2A and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, nothing scarier than seeing me during hunting season with a gun mounted to my wheelchair. I look like a Sherman tank coming down the road. dragging. <laughs> So that always That's gets good. a few looks. <laughs> I, I bet. That's hilarious, actually. Oh, oh yeah, man. you need a good laugh. Think about that tonight when you're going home. <laughs> but yeah, I, I love games, and uh, like I said, wrestling is a, a huge thing. It doesn't matter what company or in, indie companies as well. Um, but you know, I'm an old school WWF slash WWE fan. But I, I'm a, I'm a big. Support of the underdog, so AEW's got my heart as well. Um, but yeah, so I mean, there's not much I'm not into. I mean, I think much to Tyler's chagrin, I think he's the only rapper that I actually enjoy uh, or, or can tolerate. Right. Tolerate's I'd probably say. the right word. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, no, he's definitely my favorite rapper. <laughs> But yeah, music-wise, I mean, you know, I, I listen to just about anything for the most part. Um, my my influences come from all different genres, but I predominantly, you know, the rock and roll, heavy metal, with a little bit of a country edge to it at times too. Yeah, 
Very cool. Yeah. So on that note, I know Leo has another show this evening. I do, I do, so I do. Do your thing. We'll wrap it up. I want to thank everybody for watching this fine evening. And uh, you know me, just Google me. You'll find me a bunch of stuff. Could be true, could be not. I'm not going to say which is which, but I run the Dorkening Podcast Network. ton of shows on the network. There's a lot of awesome people doing a lot of awesome stuff. Head on over to thedorkening.com. You can learn more there. We're going to be doing another live show in about 45 minutes. So uh, stay tuned here on the Dorkening. And uh, so, Josh, where do you like people interacting with you on social media? I'm really easy to find, whether it's Facebook, um, Instagram's kind of my secondary. But if you just look me up just from my name on Facebook and you're not some kind of spam or creeper or whatever, I most often will say hi. Um, and you can also check out BulldogUncensored.com to get a hold of me that way as well. Very cool. And we have all that in the show notes. Jeffrey. Well, it's my turn. Still talking. Stilltalking.com. Talking with the dead on Facebook. But go to stilltalking.com. All our social links are right there. And I want to thank Josh for coming on. Uh, you are a true inspiration. I can't wait to meet you in person. Hopefully before July at the Grumpy Cup, but we'll see. Likewise, absolutely. You know, it's not, you, you, it'd be a lot of fun just to hang out and look oh, down yeah. on you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. Oh, jeez. Benjamin. <laughs> Can't fucking take him anywhere. <laughs> Nowhere. You know, but no, like and Jeff said. You can't take me anywhere because I got the placard with good parking. I'll take you everywhere you want to go because that's right. You got the placard <laughs> with good parking. Fuck, dude. Let's go to Disney World because we can get right to the front of the line. Right, right. Have crippled, have crippled will, will travel. That's what I always say. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, dude, I'll put you right in my backpack. We're good to go. Good to go. Like Jeff said, stilltoking.com. You'll find out everything you want to know about us from the comic book to the TV series to the animation to the novel, which is, which is out, out for pre sale on all your major platforms Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Fucking, it's out there somewhere. Um, Who knows? Maybe we'll see a zombie version of Microblast out there someday. <laughs> I'm already thinking about it. We'll talk Adam about that boy. off screen. We'll talk about all that right, off screen. Cool. Um, we need someone that short of <coughs> plants. Listen, yep. you keep listen, you keep it up. I'm gonna pay him twenty bucks to run your fucking feet over the entire weekend. Nice okay, that okay. grumpy cup. Just saying, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> so <laughs> I just want to say thank you to all our veterans and first responders for doing what you do so people like us can do what we do. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. We're out of here. Yeah. Hang out for a few, Josh. Yep. 